Hi Chi Alpha, my name is Mike May. I am so excited about our Bible text tonight. Um, before I get going, can I get the Bibles passed out? Just raise your hand if you need a Bible tonight, and if you don't have a Bible, please keep one. They are our gift to you. While those are being passed out, let me tell you, let me introduce myself a bit more. My name is Michael May. I graduated from Central Washington University with a degree in law and justice. And I love to have fun. Some ways that I do this are longboarding, hanging out with friends, movies, playing guitar, and reading. That's basically all you need to know about me. Oh, and I love the Bible. I love reading, a, reading and learning as much about who God is and how he uses the Bible to speak to us. Now let's open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 through 12. We're in the middle of a letter Paul wrote to a brand new group of Christians. This church just gave their lives to Jesus. They are just learning how to live the Jesus way. And Paul really cares about them. He really wants to help them with this new way of life. Paul knows that learning how to live the new Jesus way is tricky. Like any good friend, Paul doesn't want them to get hurt, and he knows that there is a good chance they will. Talking about getting hurt, may I tell you a story? This is a story about my longboarding adventures. Or should I say, my misadventures. How many of you totally ignored advice given by a friend that led to complete disaster? My autobiography could be titled, I Should Have Listened. So I'm camping with my family, and my best friend at the time came to join us for the night. He had just taught me to longboard a month or so before, and I loved it. You know, going down hills super fast. It's amazing. Especially if you're kind of an adrenaline junkie like I am. So we go to the top of this hill in the campground, and before I go down, my friend says, Hey, we should move past the speed bump and start there because that might not end well. I say, whatever, it'll be fine. And I pushed off and raced down this hill. So what happened? So I hit the speed bump and instantly got speed wobbles, which are when you lose control of your board and your board just kind of goes crazy. So I dropped down to get my center of balance as low as possible and I tried to recover. I never recovered my balance. And so now I'm coming down this hill about 30 miles an hour, and I have a couple choices I can make. I can keep going and hope I slow down before I hit the edge of this cliff, or I can try to swerve down another road that could have cars driving. Who here can identify as the one who ignored advice? How many of you get offended when people give you advice? How many of you are a bit like me? You prefer to go through life doing your own thing, regardless of the consequences. Like the Apostle Paul, sometimes our friends just don't want us to get hurt. My friend didn't want me to get hurt, but I didn't listen. Paul doesn't want the Thessalonians to get hurt. This is what Paul is doing in our section of 1 Thessalonians. So let's read in our Bibles, 1 Thessalonians 4, and we'll start with verses 1 through 9. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of Jesus Christ. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen, who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or sister or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish all who commit such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. What is God trying to do in the brand new Thessalonian church? Well, God is using Paul as a mouthpiece to teach them how to be more like him, holy and loving. How many of you think God might want you to be a bit more holy and loving? Genesis 1.27 tells us that we are made in God's image. Our lives are supposed to reflect His. How are we doing? Part of this is to avoid sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? Well, it's more than just sexual intercourse. The word in Greek text is porneias. What does that sound like? It's a word with a broad range of meanings, including any type of sexual behavior outside of marriage. This would include making out, sexual touching, porn, oral sex, and premarital sex. Today, it would also include a lot of university practices. Snapchatter, texting naked pictures, one-night stands, friends with benefits, stripping at parties, sexual dancing, Tinder, online chat rooms, and the list could go on and on. The Thessalonians lived in a culture surrounded with sex. Wrong sex was everywhere and engaged in often. It was normal. Does that remind you of our culture? In culture today, sex is everywhere. It's in our music our movies, our books, our TV shows, on social media, and on our campus. Sex reaches every place of our culture, and not much of it is a healthy, godly interpretation of what sex should be. In fact, God invented sex as a beautiful and loving gift for us to enjoy. Sex is to display the giving love and eternal faithfulness of God. This also reaches our lives as Christians as members of Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, as members of this university, right here, right now. All right, so I want to throw out a term that you probably haven't heard of, and that's okay, but I want you to try to define it in your head. What comes to mind when you hear the term sexual atheism? It's a view that culture defines our sexuality, not God. It is as if there is no God. We do what we want. 
I wonder how many of us Christians really are sexual atheists. It hasn't occurred to us yet that God has a beautiful definition for sex, distinct from our culture. This is the view I had when I was in high school. I thought I could do whatever I wanted, even though I believed in God. It hadn't occurred to me that God had anything to say about my sexuality. Why is God inspiring Paul to say these strong things to the Thessalonians? Because God is a good friend who wants to keep them safe. He knows the damage and the hurt that can happen when we take part in porneias, in sex outside of marriage. It is God's will that we be sanctified and avoid sexual immorality, and we should live a holy and pure life. After reading the Bible and learning what God said, I realized that I had not invited God into my romantic relationships. So what did I do? I changed my desires to fit His. Then He became Lord over my sexuality. Now behind me there's a slide um, of all the verses in the, or of, of just showing a few of the verses in the New Testament about sex and what God says about it. If you're like me and you did not know that the Bible said these things about it, this is a great place to start discovering what God truly says about sex and what, how much of our culture we think about when we think about sex. So now the question is, who wants to enjoy sex as the erotic and beautiful gift that God has given us? I know I do. God wants us to be pure and holy and loving, just like Jesus, so we can enjoy sex and the beautiful erotic gift that God has given to us. God wants us to critique our culture and our lives, to selfishly lust like people in our culture, to do sex our own way is not going to get the sex that we want and what God wants. Paul even says that if we reject this instruction, we aren't rejecting him, but we're rejecting God. So let's ask ourselves a few things. Do we think we know better than God when it comes to sex? Did we create it? Did we define it? Go back in your mind to this brand new th church in Thessalonica. What did Paul, why did Paul say that no one should wrong or take advantage of their brother or sister? It's obvious that there were various kinds of pornia going on in the church. Christians today are in the same danger as these rookie Christians. Our bodies selfishly want to lust after one another. We make bad choices. We commit sexual sin right here in Cuyahoga. But what a wonderful and graceful God we serve. He carefully reminds us of his will for our own good. He is our best friend. He doesn't want us to hit the speed bump. He doesn't want us to get the speed wobbles or to go off a cliff. And because God is our best friend, 1 John 1.9 says 
that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is so faithful and will forgive us, but we must repent. This means we change the way we think to agree with the way God thinks. This also means we change our behavior to agree with what God wants us to do. We can use this as a heart check, a way to reflect on if our desires and our beliefs line up with the truth that God says. Are we aligning our view of sex and physical intimacy with God's will for our bodies? Now we're going to continue in the text starting at verse 9. Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will, be, you will not be dependent on anyone. In this text, Paul is urging the Thessalonians to love each other more and more. He is encouraging them to do to love more, like a good friend does. Now, there are two types of love mentioned in this verse, or these verses. Phylos, which is a brotherly or sisterly friendship type love. Um, think of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And then there is agape which is a love like Christ's when he sacrificed himself on the cross for us. Now, Paul is urging the Thessalonians to love others like Christ more. More! How well are we at loving one another in Chi Alpha? How well are we at loving our friends here on this campus? I think... As a Chi Alpha group, we're doing fantastic. But like Paul the Thessalonians, I want to urge us to do so more and more. Let us love like Jesus more. Let us imitate Paul and be good friends to one another. Let's be like my friend who tried to warn me about the speed bump. Paul moves on to talk about how he wants us to lead a, a quiet life to mind our own business, and to work with our hands so that we aren't dependent on anyone. Paul says to do this so that we earn the respect of outsiders. Paul is also using these things as a way that the, that the, Thessal that the Thessalonians can love one another. Some of the, the, some of the Thessalonians were quitting their jobs and being unproductive because they thought Jesus was coming back immediately. They were relying on other people for food instead of working to provide for themselves and probably getting on other people's nerves. So let me ask you a question. If Jesus were coming back next week, would you change the way you're living your life? The answer should be no. We should be doing our daily duties what is expected of us as Christians, 
This is what Jesus wants us to do. This is what Paul is telling the Thessalonians to do. Let us be productive in our lives. Let us work for God and do the work that God calls us to do. This is another moment for self-reflection. Are we doing the things Jesus wants us to do with our time? How do we go about living our normal lives the way Christ calls us to? Jesus commands us to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves. A significant way we can love our neighbor here on campus is to talk with them about Jesus. Matthew 28, 18-20 tells us to make disciples of all nations and to teach them everything that we have been taught by Jesus. This ties in with 2 Corinthians 5.20, where Paul says that we are Christ's ambassadors. Guys, this is where Kyle gets our name from. We are Christ's ambassadors here on this campus, bringing a ministry of reconciliation to those who don't know God. So let's ask ourselves again. Would God be happy with the way we go about studying, attending classes, or working at our jobs? Is there someone we can tell about Jesus in our lives? Okay, so do you remember my longboarding story? Well, let me tell you the ending. So we're going down this hill super fast. Or I'm going down this hill super fast. You're not there. Um, so I'm going down this hill, and I have a choice I can make. None of them are easy choices. I can hope I slow down and before I go off this cliff, or I can swerve down this little road where there's probably a car waiting to hit me. But in the split second I had, I bit it. <laughs> Kneeling on my board, I laid down on the asphalt, going about 30 miles an hour, slid halfway or across the full length of the road or the full width of the road and I bit it mainly on my my right knee and my right hand I bit it I had terrible road rash and it didn't heal for about eight months I, I actually this was just before I came to Central my first year here and for most of my first quarter here, I actually still was dealing with this road rash on my knee. Um, it was it was interesting. And even to this day, I still have the scar. And it still re gets re-injured sometimes. I actually just bumped it the other day and I like hurt the nerve again. But this entire injury could have been avoided if I had just listened to my friend. If I had started my run after the speed bump, Sometimes we should listen to our friends. But I decided that I knew better. I could do it on my own. My friend had just offended me that he didn't think that I could do this. That's not true. My friend was just trying to be a good friend. So I ask you, are you and I willing to humble ourselves? Are we willing to heed our good friend's warning? Are we willing to heed our best friend's warning? His name is God. In conclusion, it is God's will for us to abstain from sexual immorality so that we could become more like Jesus and reflect the love of God from our holy and pure lives. 
In this way, we can grow as a loving community of Jesus' followers. So what do we do? How do do we respond to something like this? Here are some questions to reflect on this evening. What is a step you are going to take to be more holy? If you are feeling trapped by sexual sin, this is a great night to confess and repent. Number two, who is a friend that God might want you to warn? And three, how can I love more and more? During worship, I encourage you to pray with one another about these things. Um, Find a person sitting next to you, your best friend, your facilitator, just someone to really just work through these these things. I'm going to close in prayer now as the worship team comes up. Father God, thank you so much um, that you are our best friend, God. Thank you for the mercy that you give us, God, and the grace and compassion. Thank you for Paul when he said those hard things to the Thessalonians, Lord. Thank you so much that that there's there are letters out there, God, from Paul that just speak straight into our lives, Lord. God, I pray that as we move into this time of worship, Lord, that we are just really sensitive to your spirit, God, and that we just really reflect on these questions, God, and we meet with you. And God, I pray that you just come down here and wash your spirit over all of us. In your name, amen.